When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Zach Rosenblatt here, NJ.com, here with Mike K. Early week edition of the No Huddle Show. Normally, we would do our midweek on like Wednesday or Thursday, but it's kind of a weird situation because they played on Thursday. Doug spoke on Friday. They had off for a couple days. We just felt like it was the right time to, to jump in. It just felt right. <laughs> it just felt right. It, you know, sometimes you just know. <laughs> when you know, you know. Uh, we, 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 to- we spoke to all the... Uh, not all of them, all but Deuce Staley and Chris Wilson, the defensive line coach, all the assistant coaches on Monday. Some interesting stuff to come out of there. We'll get into that. Uh, but, I mean, what, what's your impression of these this coaching staff, your first time kind of talking to all these guys? I, I, I personally really like talking to Jeff Stallin. He has just some great quotes. Um, I mean, I, I know you really enjoyed Corey Yunlin, right? Safety's coach. Yeah, uh, I really, it just in general. Um, Position coaches add a lot of insight. Yeah, I mean, in my experience, assistant coaches are actually more, way more interesting than coordinators just because they deal with the players day-to-day. They also have a lot to say. They also clearly play favorites. You can hear it in their voices. Um, the way they say certain quotes. and yeah. I really like talking to Gunter Brewer. I, I really liked talking to Press Taylor. I think Press Taylor has a lot of insight. That guy strikes me as like a future head coach in this league. Um, like 14 years old, too. <laughs> yeah, I think he's our age, but yeah. Is he, is he old enough to drink yet? I don't it, know. It, uh, whoa, whoa, <laughs> no, taking I'm just, shots. I'm just, I'm just joking. I, he, Man, Press Taylor's going to listen to this and be like... <laughs> if he listens to this, then I apologize, Press. I don't think he will. He, he is very impressive, though. Like, that's, he, There's no doubt He's going to put his hand on Nate Solder's... Or, Nate uh, Nate's, Nate Solder. Nate Seidfeld's uh, <laughs> shoulder. Nate Solder isn't very good. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He's already leaning forward. I'm just firing shots out today. Yeah, man, you were in a mood. You're in a mood. But I think the guy that I was most kind of interested in was Tim Hawk. Uh, I thought he came off very soft-spoken. Wasn't expecting that just because safety's, from safety's coach. The safety's coach just from his playing days. Um but he was very, very effusive in his praise of, of several players uh, we'll in the secondary, and we'll get into that later. Um, just overall, it was just a very interesting uh, speed dating style press conference atmosphere. Yeah, at, at, like you said, I think we, we do learn a lot when we get, get into those discussions. Even, something that we probably aren't going to talk about now because we've already talked about it. Like, Jeff Allen addressed the whole Stephen Wisniewski Situation because it kind of has been floating out there. Steven got benched for, or Wiz, why am I calling Steven? It's not like I know him personally. <laughs> he got benched for Isaac Samalo, and then he went on Twitter and talked to some reporters saying that he thought he was playing well and that he was benched, and it was because he had some other theories about why he was benched. And then all of a sudden, people are coming up with these conspiracy theories. Doug Peterson said it was performance based. If anybody knows why he was benched, it's Jeff Stalin, and he was pretty adamant that. He simply saw how Isaac Small was playing in practice, and he thought he deserved to play more. He, he even like had a great quote where he's like, there's nobody in this room that's my brother-in-law or my son or anything like that. So whoever the five best players, the five best players are going to play. And I, I, I thought it was interesting that he – it's it's kind of not a great sign for Steven Wisniewski's future with this team that he's kind of getting into a war of words with his coaches in the press. But uh, I, I think that 
coming from Stoutland's mouth, I mean, that's all I need to hear, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's kind of interesting how the Eagles have kind of dropped their, their gaze of, hey, we want to make sure that we stand by our players except for Wisniewski. Yeah, it's very, you know, it's it, weird. It's, it's weird. weird. You know, like Chance Warmack's on this team. He <laughs> yeah, might he not. Doesn't have, he might not have a son-in-law or a son, but, I mean, is he kind of his adopted son? <laughs> he's got an adopted cousin. I don't know what the deal is with that. There's no reason he's on but, the team. <laughs> but, look, Wisniewski kind of, you know, Drew's line in the sand. He maybe he's trying to force himself out. Maybe he realizes that you know he isn't best suited to be a backup in this league. He was a starter the first five seasons of his career, and then he started for a year and a half for the Eagles. I, I just think he feels like he's probably in a really rough position at this point. He probably knows that he's not coming back next year. Um, and anytime you get benched for a guy who you were the replacement for initially when he's benched, it kind of says, well, maybe, hey, maybe we made a mistake. Wisniewski kind of, it wasn't talked about a lot during the Super Bowl run, but Wisniewski kind of pulled a Nick Foles and a big V, and he over, like, he overextended himself. He overachieved. Outkicked his coverage. Yeah, he outkicked his coverage, sure. Um, he was easily the weakest link on that offensive line, but he could have been even weaker during this Super Bowl run. He wasn't. Coming out now, I think, you know, I don't. I think he's a mediocre offensive lineman. But I also think Isaac Soamalu is, who I say his name differently every single time, um, is also a mediocre offensive lineman. The difference is he's got more upside. He's versatile. More room to grow, and he kind of right. shown that from week to week. Right. I actually think he'd make Stanley a really loves him too. Right. I think he'd make a really good right tackle if Jason Peters were to retire and they were to move uh, Lane Johnson over to left. Uh, but that's a discussion for another time. Let's kind of get into the Eagles eight. I, I really like. I like. Yeah, yeah. I like our topics that we have. Let's let's get yeah. into them. We can we can keep it with the offensive line right now because people love a good offensive line conversation. But I think one of the overarching stories of this team really is kind of is Jason Peters, and there's kind of two folds to talk about him right now. And there's one where he he tore his biceps last week and it was kind of assumed he would miss a couple weeks. Jeff Stoutland kind of said he assumes he's going to play against the Panthers. I'm not sure he should play. I think he he might be best served to take a week or two off, honestly. He hasn't looked very good. I thought it was interesting. You know, you we had sex, everybody has such high expectations for Jason Peters for a long time, understandably. Before he went down last year, he was stellar. So, like, he was he was the Jason Peters old. He just doesn't look like that anymore. And, and somebody asked Jeff Stallen, like, are, are you concerned about where he's at? Like, is there a certain point where you just kind of accept where a guy's just not going to be the same anymore? And he kind of was like, he, he didn't he kind of hedged and he was like, you know, he's been going against the best defensive lineman and, and it's hard to go against Like but before that didn't matter with Jason Peters. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that was kind of, te- I don't know if he meant it to be that way, but I think it's kind of telling that he's kind of struggling against the better defensive ends in this league. And he's going to be going against them every week as the left tackle. And he clearly just, he hasn't played a full four quarters in like the four of the Eagles, six games. I mean, he's 36 years old. He's 36. I mean, I, maybe Look, we, maybe we should have adjusted the expectations anyway. But but you can't. Th- here's here's the reason why you can't. Let me stop you there. Here's the reason why you can't. The Eagles decided to pay him a mint this year for the feel good ending. Some would agree he's earned it, or some would say he er- he's earned it. I would be in that camp. Others would say, hey, we're trying to compete for a Super Bowl here. You could have allocated those resources to. Probably four eleven different, million dollars, yeah. Four different positions and gotten pretty good role players. Look, you took the risk. You thought Big V played very well in the Super Bowl run. 
Yikes. Now, um, I don't know what the solution is, but Jason Peters does not look like himself at all. Uh, he had a really good first game. I thought the game against yeah, the Falcons was, really was fantastic. Good, but it's kind of been downhill since then. Right. Because he he's had uh, his quad thing. That's kind of bo- – which pro- is a factor when you're 36, like that stuff's going to I mean, come he's up. falling apart at the seams. Yeah. We know that. Um, he shouldn't be playing a full game, which you kind of need – you don't really rotate offensive linemen. That usually doesn't work. Right. So. It's not normally a really good – now, can they afford for him to sit? Sure. I mean, I think for a game, they could. It's not the most ideal two games coming up for, for that to happen, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I would want him, at, I would want him at better strength against the Jaguars. Than the Panthers, yeah. The problem is, is he's going to go up against, with the Jaguars, not to get too Man, far ahead of ourselves, he's going to go up against maybe the best guys best like Yannick Ngakwe, who is the fastest player off the line I think I've seen since Trent Cole when he was younger. Uh and then you've got a guy like Calais Campbell, who's a crafty veteran who knows how to how to beat you in several ways. Dante Fowler is a is a missile if he's if he's uh, stunting. That's going to be a tough challenge. They haven't looked that good this year, but that's a tough challenge. Carolina, I'm cool with him sitting. Long answer. Um, but what's the solution there? They really seem to like Matt Pryor, but he has gotten no playing time. Jordan, if Jordan he hasn't been active, right? If Jordan. Uh, Malata gets gets a shot in this one. There's a real problem. Yeah, there, if if he plays the season, unless it's in a blowout or like week 17, then that's probably an issue. Right. So, do you move Isaac Sumalu out to out to left tackle? That's the most intriguing idea. I think they're not going to do it because they like Vitae more. Yeah, than they like the, the public does. But, but the the real concern is, is if Vitae goes down or he struggles, yeah. you're going to have to move uh, Isaac over anyway. Yeah, and that, I mean, so the, they're in position, they're they're able to do that because Sayamalo and uh, Wisniewski have like the flexibility to play multiple positions, which which helps. But do do you want? The question is, yeah. the question to me then is, do you start Wisniewski because you know Sayamalo is going to have to be your swing tackle? Yeah, I mean, you also have to remember that Lane Johnson's banged up. Like he was limping the entire game. They sound pretty confident he'll keep playing. He's not a guy that he's going to sit out unless he absolutely can't play. He's a he's a he's a beast. He look he played pretty well, all things considered, against the Giants. Uh, but I mean, that offensive line all of a sudden. I mean, it already was a problem, but depth wise, like it's a real question mark right now. Especially if if Peters is out and or limited. All of a sudden, if Lane Johnson, like, what happens if Lane Johnson and Jason Peters aren't playing? Like, are you playing Matt Pryor? Are you playing I, Chance Warmack and you're moving guys to the outside? Like, what are you doing? I don't know what you do because, you know, this Eagles – this is where the team kind of misses Brent Selleck who could help out with blocking, who could – Extra blocker. It would be that extra guy. Dallas Goddard's improved tremendously over the last That's several months. Yeah. But, I mean, really you're looking at a team that is really banged up at its two most important offensive line positions – and yeah, they have versatility there, but versatility it doesn't really matter if you're not good at those positions. If you can play tackle, that's terrific. Good for you, Gold Star. <laughs> but if you can't play the position very, very well, it doesn't help out all that that much. We've learned that with several players. We learned that with Big V playing right tackle his rookie year. You know, this is this is not an ideal situation, but. I think Isaac Suamalu could be the dude that kind of fixes this. Or maybe you 
I don't know, maybe you punt on Big V this week and have him be your swing tackle still just because you know right tackle is going to be a problem. They're both a question mark. Yeah, and they're going to have to – they might have to be get creative this week. Mm-hmm. Getting creative, I think we can flip the other side where it may be even a bigger question in terms of like what they're going to do in the immediate future, and, and that's safety slash cornerback because it sounds like Sidney Jones is almost definitely not going to play this week. Whenever Doug Peters says a guy is week to week, he suffered a hamstring injury. Uh, they usually are missing at least one week, and often, as you've seen with Darren Sproles, <laughs> way more than that. So what what happened in the during last week? Corey Graham is out. He is the backup safety. Vontae Maddox, who was converted cornerback starting, this might sound confusing. Converted cornerback starting at safety was moved back to slot cornerback. Cornerback Rasul Douglas has moved over to safety, and like all they have besides that is DeAndre Hall and Trey Sullivan at safety, and they don't have any depth at corner now because they're moving all these guys. Like, That's never, all. I've, <laughs> like that. <laughs> I've never seen anything like this, and they're not signing anybody. I don't get it. Like, a trade has to be coming, right? I mean, you would think so. Uh, <laughs> safety is easily their it. biggest need. Um, yeah, I think people have been really focused on running back, but I think it's They it. love Avante Maddox. I'm really thrilled for them. I'm glad that they've found <laughs> this guy them. Yeah, that they really, really like. Cool, make him the starting nickel corner. Uh, around constantly. I mean, you've, you know, this whole will they, won't they settle him into a role is is really kind of uh, not irritating, but like astonishing to me. I I, I don't He's a really run rookie, but they love him. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Wait, be, he might be really good. But... Hold hold on. Let me tell you something about. Do you remember Jamar Chaney? He was the middle linebacker they drafted out of Mississippi State. Seems like a yeah, million yeah, years ago. Oh, oh, he's Mississippi State. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Piled up a ton of tackles, was going to replace D'Amico Ryans, was this huge deal. Everyone praised him. Brian Baldinger famously called him one of the best linebackers in the league (laughs) on its, like, second game. Uh, And he fizzled out. That's what I'm worried about because I talked to to Hawk, I talked to Unlin, I talked to – I mean, uh, Jim Schwartz. Jim Schwartz. Uh, I talked to Dave Phipp, who would not stop praising this guy. It was like one of the longest quotes I think I've ever had to transcribe. Look, this guy is really good. We've got to ease expectations. He's still a fourth-round rookie. They love him a lot. He's really good on special teams. He does all these great things. He's also 5'9". He's also 5'9", although Tim Hawk basically kind of downplayed the, the small guy at safety. To be fair, so, though, they're not going to be like, yeah, he's too small. You're right. <laughs> right, right. But I think he's going to be a player for this yeah, team agreed. in the long term, maybe a starter, whether he's a starting nickel and once they move on from Darby and then Jones moves outside. But in the immediate future, they need to make a deal. I, I don't know if it's at cornerback, which then frees Avante up to focus just on free safety, or, or if it's a free safety that allows him to play nickel. Sidney Jones had a really great start, but the last three games, the K-curse really hit him. I wrote this beaming article about this dude, and a lot of people were praising the heck out of him. He sucked for the last three weeks. Like, been bad. Like, genuinely bad. Everybody and, wants to focus on Jalen, but there was bad between Darby oh, and him, too. Yeah, although Dar- I will say I mean, this. We'll, we'll, we can touch on Darby. Look, yeah, we'll talk about Darby later, but like, that's the thing. Like, you have it's one thing to have all these injuries, but you're making it worse by flipping all these guys around. You can say you cross train people as much as you want. I was cross Schwartz does. <laughs> Look, I was cross trained to be on TV and be a writer, but when you want me to write TV copy and then write an article, those are two separate things, and your brain can't handle both of those things. It's just not when when you're working. 
and doing one job for so long and you're the best at it and then you're told to do another job and you it brings down your production and then you got to switch back it's just like a lot and i think for a, a person who is a novice he is a rookie it's asking a lot. Now, maybe he's capable of doing it because they love his character and they think he's this, you know, swell fella. But <laughs> swell fella. No, seriously, like, I haven't heard praise for, for a rookie. Like, compared to, like, the way that Gus Bradley and T- Todd Wash used to talk about uh, Dante Fowler, where they would throw him under the bus every other day, uh, Avante Maddox sounds like a future Hall of Famer. Um Look, I like him. I think there's a lot of room for optimism. If there's one positive in all of this mess of injury, it's Avante Maddox. But, again, temper your expectations. The Eagles do need to move, make a move in the secondary. It, it's it's inevitable. It, like If they don't, this is a problem. They will not make, have a long run in the playoffs. Maybe they don't even win the division. Talk about cross-training for TV. I, I th- think they say I have a face for radio, so that's why I haven't been on TV very much. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Uh, I've been waiting to say that while you were talking. All right, uh, uh, we we can touch a little more on the secondary. We we mentioned Ronald Darby. I think we should talk about how he and Jalen Mills had probably their be- maybe best game of the season collectively last week. Darby especially, but Mills was good outside of like one long play he gave up to Cody Latimer, which I don't even think was that big of a deal really. Uh, they they just both especially step it up in the red zone, and I, it's kind of crazy that they're weirdly better when when the, maybe it makes sense because the the field's tightened and they're not pr- off coverage like by 15 yards but i don't know they darby was really good last week so our buddy shield capati over at uh the athletic actually had this great stat i don't remember the actual numbers but the eagles are actually seventh have allowed the seventh fewest big plays plays. that's 10 yard runs or 20 yard passes in the league think about that for a second it that means that it's really hard to play corner in this league and not give up big plays so look Jalen Mills is really good from from the 20 yard line to the end zone and that's where it matters the most and I think that's why the Eagles appreciate him so much I do think he's a starting cornerback a starting defensive back in this league um yeah Ronald Darby they won that they they were able to keep that lead the way it was because of Ronald Darby. I mean, you 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 were hyping him up before the season, and he kind of fell back a little bit. Mm-hmm. He, he had he was, a great game against Atlanta. He did. He was struggling. Though. People were talking about Mills, but, like, he was struggling. Yeah, I mean, he his reputation kind of helped him those, you know, games in between the yeah, yeah. week one and week six. The sandwich. But um, he played really, really well. He tackled well. He broke up, uh, I believe, four passes before the fourth quarter. So, look... But that's that's this this cornerback group is one game they'll do really really well the next game they'll they'll be awful um, they're gonna have to be good in this one they're facing a slower group of cor- of wide receivers in, in my opinion Devin Funches um, Tory Smith Tory Smith uh, Samuel yeah I mean this is not like a who's who Moore, yeah. of wide receiver I mean DJ Moore is gonna give give them some fits but if they use them so. We'll talk about Carolina in our in our preview podcast, but this is going to be an interesting test for them. They did really well against Carolina last year. I expect them to do well against Carolina this year. The Eagles secondary is a mess, but when you actually think about it, they really only are missing one starter. I know, but it's just, isn't that weird? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's because like the the way that it's positioned and things like that. I mean, 
that's another thing. Like as we were talking about left and right tackle, if if Darby or Mills goes down, like what the heck do they do? Like, like they need to bring somebody in. I like Rasul Douglas. Like I'm going to continue to stump for that guy. I agree. But then if you're putting him in outside corner, then all of a sudden you have no safeties. Like unless you trust Trey Sullivan out there. I don't know. Didn't you hear? He's not a safety. I swear. I cannot understand the logic there, but, um, moving on from that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I kind of mentioned this before, but it sounds like they're getting more and more confident that Darren Sproles will finally make his return. I'm still a little skeptical. We'll know better this week based on how he practices. The dude hasn't practiced. Uh, he, he played in week one. He got injured in week two. And he hasn't practiced or played in anything since then. And he's 35 years old. Uh, I, I just don't know what you can expect out of him at this point. Even Dave Fipp, you know, DeAndre Carter's been looking really good at punt returner. And Fipp was like, oh, we're going to give the job back to Sproles when he comes back. So, hot take. The hot take, all right? I, I'm gonna. This is going to be a throwback hot take for this show. It doesn't matter if Darren Sproles comes back. Honestly, it doesn't. I don't think he makes that much of a difference. You saw him in the Atlanta game. He, he played well, but, like, really, we're at the point that now where you need a that's math. a hot take. I, I think, no, but I think you're at the point now where no matter what comes, like, it, it like, he... I would I wouldn't have him run the ball. I would literally just have him be the punt returner. I agree. Uh, they need a legitimate like either speed running back or power running back. Something that counteracts counteracts. And, uh, yeah, because they're good change of pace backs. I think Clement can start. You just need that speed guy to switch things up, or the or the you know the power pass, runner or the pass catcher. Or Le, yeah. Legarrette Blunt is averaging two point five rushing yards per attempt, like. Get him the heck out of Detroit. I mean, he he makes it like trade a conditional seventh for him if he can bring his average up to four point five. You you give him the seventh. Like you need to do something. This team needs a- another element to this running game, and I don't think Darren Sproles is that right now. He's had a lovely career, but like he you can't trust him. And you know what? If he doesn't play this week, they're gonna have egg on their face for not putting him in IR because you've essentially wasted a spot for six weeks. And on top of that, you've got, you've, you've glossed over injuries to defensive tackle safety and corner and not filled those spots while waiting for Darren Sproles to come back. That is a misstep in my opinion. Yeah. It it seems like they miscalculated that, you know, Doug was pushing for it, especially maybe it falls on him. I mean, I, I don't know. Howie Roseman is the one that ultimately made the signing. But, yeah, I mean, at this point, it, he just feels like a sunk cost. And it, it, it stinks because he, he's a legend of the NFL. Like he, he's had one of the most remarkable careers I've ever seen. Yeah, it's insane. and he, you know it, But expectations should be low. Well, and he's a guy who's dealt with injuries throughout his career. I mean, he's, you know, he's a five foot six running back. It happens. But he's, he's lasted as long as he has. DeAndre Carter's look good as a punt returner. I, again, I, I don't really see what the benefit is. Hamstring injuries linger. And even when you recover from them, sometimes it takes a while to actually really get there. Maybe that's where he, the, where he's at. Maybe he feels good, but they want to still give him some time. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean they have so many injured guys that, and they need have so many needs right now that like there's just ro- roster spots they could be filling. Um, but they got DeAndre Hall though. <laughs> that was another thing. Why did they even get him if they don't even trust him enough to play him at all? So what I was told was by Hawk because I asked about it. Um, he he said that they're trying to get he hasn't played a lot in the NFL on defense. He hasn't. They're trying to get him adjusted to the defense at his own speed. 
But you, why, but why? like, why? but then why Adam? Yeah. Like they, it, they they can't afford to just give out roster spots to developmental end of the roster safeties. I mean, they cut Trey Sullivan for him. The kids, Trey Sullivan knows, knows the, the defense, defense. Yeah. and has been around. I mean, and the, you cut him. Gave up a conditional seventh round pick for Hall. He probably would make it to the practice squad. And they've had Hall active for every game. He's got zero tackles. I mean, what? It's confounding. I mean, he fi- he physically looks the part, but like that's only gonna get you so far. Yeah, um, he's got a great laugh too. Uh, but <laughs> other than that, you know, look, he's got good size. Uh, got really like he, long arms. Really long arms. But you have all these injuries, and at some point, you need to say to yourself, "Hey, maybe we risk him to the waiver wire." Because look. Like you, you're playing three defensive tackles on game days, and one of them's Fletcher Cox. If one of those, if Fletcher Cox goes down, your defensive tackle depth is, oh my god, you have no one, no one. (laughs) You're playing three safeties a game. You're you're playing. You played four linebackers against the against the Giants. Like enough. Like there are some guys on here that don't necessarily need to be on this roster right now. They have. Josh Adams, they didn't play a single snap the other day. He got the one. Remember, they did the the swing, and he... he, uh, Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, he lost a yard, I believe. Um, But you got Kamar Aiken. That was the week before. That wasn't against the Giants. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, he didn't. My play, brain. He didn't play against the Giants in a week. I mean, they beat the Giants, so it doesn't. He matter. did. Oh, he that. You know what it was? He what he played he on, special on special teams. teams yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Kamar Aiken, your guy Kamar Aiken. Like, why is he on the roster? They have six wide receivers on they this. They don't play Shelton Gibson. Like, <laughs> like what are they doing? I, I don't get the end. Of, they've not done a good job with the end of the roster, which is somewhere they did really well last year, I think. Sure. Um, all right, yeah. Let's let's keep moving. So, speaking of roster stuff, you know, uh, Mike Rowe said that he. Sounded like he expects Mike Wallace to return this season, and later when you talked to uh, Gunter Brewer, uh, it sounded like Mac Hollins is probably coming back too. I mean, that, that, it's good if they can get both in the back and have some level of depth at receiver. That's a good thing. I don't you know. have to love eight wide receivers. I mean, <laughs> you have to cut guys, but <laughs> uh, but I don't know what you can expect from Mike Wallace at this point in his career. He didn't really show much before, but I mean, he has the speed, and that's. That's what they signed him for. If they feel like he can bring that speed in week 11 when he's back, fine, whatever. Mac Hollins hasn't really shown much. Uh, he's been banged up. I mean, I, these guys are probably better than Jordan Matthews and uh, Kamar Aiken. I don't know. I can't, like, you, your lack of enthusiasm for Kamar Aiken is kind of measured with your lack of enthusiasm for Mac Hollins. So it's like, <laughs> I can't figure out who you dislike more. I don't dislike either of them. They're, they, they both or, or not like impressed by yes, more. Not impressed. Unimpressed. Um, I don't know. I mean, and if they bring both of them back, that means that's their two injured reserve slots they're using up, and they have to cut two guys. I'm assuming it would be Kamar Aiken and somebody else, maybe Josh Adams or another receiver or something. Uh, I mean, what what do you think about? It? I mean, Mac Hollins will come back sooner, and he could probably help right away. You would think. I I, I don't know. I, people are pretty high in him, but I haven't seen it yet. I liked him as a prospect. He was okay last year. Um. Is he better than Kamar Aiken? Probably. Uh, is he better than Sheldon Gibson? Maybe. They certainly seem to think Maybe. so. I mean, he's better on special teams. Uh, I think that's where you, why you bring him back. I mean, you're already missing Maragos and... and um, Maragos eligible, and we haven't heard anything about that to come off. I imagine he doesn't play this year, though. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't look good. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, again... Uh, 
Mike Wallace would be, you know, you, you think you Mike Wallace would be Mike helpful, Wallace. but he had no catches in his first two games. Or the preseason. He had, like, one catch in the preseason. Right. So it's like, wow, we're going to, like, build up these hopes <laughs> and dreams. Like, everybody keeps talking about Mike Wallace. Like, Mike Wallace that's, is going to suddenly. Why wonder, that's why I wonder if they're banking on him is why they haven't made any moves whatsoever right now, like, on offense. Maybe, but, like, I don't, that's but, a really foolish errand to run well, yeah i agree i'm just like I, i'm trying to figure this out right now why they have the collection of talent they do at certain spots i mean i think linebackers played the linebacker groups played very very well you haven't really had to deal with a lot i mean yeah they have injuries to backups i think the defensive Nate, Nate line he's been banged up yeah the defensive line has played very well despite missing Derek burnett for a game and then Haloti nada for a couple of games uh i don't know i just think they're shortchanging the defense and it's pretty evident and they have they've added these wide re- they have six wide receivers like i and then they're all active they're all active. <laughs> excuse me dying over there coming down with a cold sorry cold on carolina week uh it, to me it doesn't make any sense i also don't understand why they have six linebackers but they're playing three defensive tackles and three safeties clearly i have an issue with this but <laughs> It's weird rotch construction this year. Yeah, it's, it's. There it's, are a lot of injuries, which factors into it, but they just aren't as prepared for the injuries that this year. It's just very confusing, though. Yeah. I just, I some of these moves, I, I don't get. Hey, they added a third linebacker to the practice squad on what was Tuesday. His name again? I keep BJ Bello. BJ Bello. Not to be confused with Brie Bella, but yes, uh, <laughs> like. Exciting stuff. That's the move they needed to make. You know, the fans are going crazy. Hey, they still have Rick Lovato. Um, hey, hey, he's good. Yeah, he is. Joshua Perkins. Um, <laughs> he hasn't played in a while, actually. But <coughs> wow, I'm sorry, guys. Um, they also still have all their offensive linemen, who they're not going to use. Uh, yeah, this is just a, a, a weird weirdly constructed roster let's move on because i'm done yeah. talking about uh kamar aiken Let, let's look big picture we're gonna we're gonna look big picture at the division and then talk about some trades but let, let's look at the division their last nfc east had a really good week actually if you discount the fact that the giants are just a laughing stock of the nfl right now yeah the redskins uh, did pretty the redskins, well redskins who they beat they beat the panthers right they beat the panthers well. yes i mean the panthers look pretty bad in that the game. panthers came back but they yeah they the Cowboys the, they lit up your jaguars they, the eagles next two opponents yeah i mean my jaguars yeah your well, jaguars. i don't know They're if i would mine. go with that <laughs> um i don't know i mean the I, don't, I still don't think the Cowboys are very good. I don't uh, either. They they attack the weakness the I, Jaguars I, have. Yes, I've thought the Redskins were going to be okay this year, and they probably still they're pretty like week to week. You don't know what you're going to get from them, which is kind of like the Redskins throughout history, really. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they, they pro- they they're the ones that give me the biggest concern. I mean, the Eagles' bit toughest opponent is like themselves, honestly. Not to get too deep on you, but I, whoa, <laughs> they just need to look whoa! in the mirror. <laughs> but I. They control their own destiny. Like they're they're the best team in this division, talent wise. They're the best team. I mean, when they're at their best, we've seen on the field they're still really good. This I think this four game stretch coming up might like determine what level of team they are this year. They they have the Panthers, Jaguars, bye week, Cowboys, Saints. Those are three of the. That's the gauntlet right those there. Are three teams that are expected to be contenders this year, and if they can. Go two and two, three and one in that stretch. I think you're feeling pretty good going into the final stretch, where you only have 
division games and the Texans and the Rams the rest of the way. Like right. the rest of the schedule, they should be able to get to nine or ten wins, and that's going to win the NFC East. But if they if they go one and three in the stretch, then I think they can. You can start being concerned, and it, it, it's a tough. If that one wins against the Cowboys, maybe you're okay. But I don't, I, if you want to look at this team as a Super Bowl contender again, I think this is gonna. We're gonna find out these next four weeks just if they're legit or not. Low key storyline. Uh, speaking Low of the Texans, speaking of the Texans, Nathan Peterman actually did uh, the Eagles a solid because he threw a pick six, and and the Texans were able to beat the Bills. Every team that the Bills have beaten have beat the Eagles. <laughs> so look at that. That's a surefire win in week 16. Um, so, yeah, uh, look, Dallas found the weakness that the Jaguars have, and it's going to be a weakness that Nelson Aguilar and Zacherts are going to be able to exploit to the 10th degree. Um, if you attack the center of the field, the 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 Jaguars have can't stop it. They just can't. Their safety, Barry Church has, has never seen a, a zone coverage that he's understood. Uh, Tashawn Gibson freelances. Telvin Smith freelances. Miles Jack is phenomenal, but he is brought down by the lack of understanding of the rest of the defense. Uh, their starting nickel corner is out. DJ Hayden, like. You can attack the center of the field. Dallas did that. They did it to perfection. They have Cole Beasley. That made a lot of sense. That was their kryptonite. That's that's what made the game. The Panthers, I really like Christian McCaffrey, but he's starting to become extremely one-dimensional as a running back in that he is basically a wide receiver who runs the ball. Uh, Cam Newton just doesn't look like Cam Newton anymore. These should be wins for the Eagles. I mean, like, you said it. Like... I think you tweeted out they don't look as intimidating anymore during those games. They don't. This is like if they can if they can win the next three games and maybe take a, a letdown to the the Saints because on the road. yeah, on which is inevitable. Environments and I think the Saints game is probably their second hardest game of the season. The other one being the Rams. Yeah, the Rams yeah. would be one, and then I would say um, the Jaguars would be their third, but now that I'm seeing the Jaguars falter a little bit and they're starting to finger point and do all that stuff, that's a really young locker room. That that can fall you got apart. Bortles per- back to being bad Bortles. I know I know that locker room very, 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 very well. Uh, that could be a really bad situation moving forward. Um, yeah, if they can go to London and win that game. Because to me, the London game... Is kind of like where they just put their cleats in the ground and like establish themselves. Hey, we're the team. We are the team in the NFC East. There's nobody who's going to mess with us. The Redskins are going to play the Cowboys this week. Whoever wins that game is going to be the team that probably contends with the Eagles throughout this this whole race. But um, look, the, the Eagles are in position to control their own destiny, like you said, and I think they will. Yeah, it's, I'm ex- we're g- we're going to be in Europe next week. It's exciting stuff. I'm looking really. I've never been. I've been to Italy. I've never been to London or Paris. I'm going to Paris after for a couple of days. Italy's in Europe, by the way. <laughs> I, Spoiler I know, alert. Say, well, I've never been to London or Paris. What I'm saying, I, I've yes. been to Europe, just not those two. Uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm very excited. I'm very <laughs> excited. It's going to be my second time. Wembley's incredible, but we'll talk about that next week. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. But, what uh, else you got for me? Yeah, we'll we'll close on this. There, there's a couple of big names that it's kind of this time of the year. This happens whether they're true or not. Big names are thrown around. Teams that are losing are talking about. You know, putting everybody on the block for ridiculous amounts of <laughs> return. Uh, just want to—we can run through a few names. We can throw our quick thoughts, and then we can we're not talking about Hapuli Vali Vaitai. Struggled real hard. To yeah, say that. 
Halapuli Vati Vaitai. Yeah, that's a big name. Um, <laughs> okay. You see, you that, that was. A, I'll, I'll just do the rest. Look, of I'm myself. look, I'm I'm an expecting father. I I've got to get the dad jokes down. Uh, yeah. So, oh man. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Uh, but we'll start with uh, one who's. It's, it seems pretty ludicrous that they would trade him. Patrick Peterson on the Cardinals. Like he he's still really really good. Uh, I mean, if they're going to trade him, I imagine it takes at least a first round pick, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I if would the Eagles so. are going to make a splash, like he's a guy you make a splash with. He they, he could become a centerpiece of this defense. He's under contract for a while. They're going to lose Ronald Darby this offseason probably if they don't want to resign him. Uh, so I mean, like he's the best player on the market in theory, but I, there's no way he gets traded. They've done a solid job of uh, maneuvering without premium picks. Maybe they trade both the second round picks. Yeah. For Peterson, they also have a long-standing history of trading with the Cardinals. So, Kevin Cobb. Yeah, Kevin Cobb. Um, so, look, I think it's doable. Uh, I think it'd be foolish on their part. But, you know, sometimes teams panic um, and they want to prolong their careers by saying, hey, like GM Steve Kahn might say, hey, look, we're calling this a rebuild. It's cool, well, you know. Well, it's like what the Raiders did with Khalil Mack. Just made no sense, <laughs> and they gave up a second round pick to get rid of him, basically. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's and, true. And he's been amazing for the Bears. But that—that's the level of player Peterson is, I think. So, um, but yeah, I—I we don't need to dwell on that too much. Cause I don't think that's actually a realistic possibility. But uh, what else you got? Uh, Amari Cooper. There's been a lot of development since it first came out that they might be shopping him. Uh, I mean. He's very intriguing for like he kind of just feels like an Eagles type player they would go for a guy sure. who kind of felt you know the expectations have been reduced a little bit since he came out kind of like Alshon after a few years of injuries with the Bears and he's young he could be he would complement this receiving core really well but he also is going to make like 13 mil next year and apparently the Raiders would ask for a first round pick in exchange for him. yeah they're not getting a like, first they're not round getting pick. that I they mean, might not even get I mean, a part third of, part of negotiations is you say ridiculous shit like that to, sorry maybe whoa. We <laughs> Maybe we'll break that stuff, out. Uh, like that. And uh, and I don't know. I, I just There's no way they would actually ask for first-round pick. If you can get Amari Cooper for a second-round pick, I'd be interested in that. Yeah, I would be too. Um, they have two of them, and you're not going to get somebody better than Cooper in the second round. Maybe a conditional second-round pick if yeah. they're really like pending a, an extension before the draft. I don't know. Whatever. Uh <clears throat> I know a lot of people are excited about him. I'm not. I think he's a number two wide receiver. Uh, thinly veiled as a number one wide receiver. I, but he doesn't have to be a number one on this. Right, team. but he doesn't need right exactly. So yeah, I mean, I think he would be a, a huge, a huge addition. That said, I don't think it happens. It's not really. Yeah. I don't. I don't expect them to make a blockbuster trade. No, no, no. I think it. No, they'll that's make exactly it. how he wants you to think. Right. Nomdi silence. <laughs> um. I do think they will make a trade, though. They yeah. have to. They, well, well, let's stick with the Raiders, because there's another guy who makes a lot more sense, would be less headline-grabbing, but Carl Joseph. He'd be the safety, one. I think they drafted him in 2016 in the first round. Gruden has openly like talked about how he thought the Raiders like messed up with the way they've drafted at defensive back. Like He's talking about his players like that. Yeah, he, I mean, they benched Garen Connolly, too. Con- Connolly's another guy. We can talk about both of those guys, but uh, Joseph... I mean, he he barely plays for them right now. He I think he's only played in like three of their games. He's talented. The Eagles have need at safety. He's better than Trey Sullivan and Hall. I don't imagine it would take very much to get him. The Raiders seem pretty intent on not playing him. Like you can't really get value for a guy like that. I would take a flyer on him. I don't think that's that's even that crazy of a thought. I think they should. 
I wish there was a podcast that was just about uh, how much John Gruden hates Reggie McKenzie's uh, <laughs> roster moves. But yeah, I mean, you know, I think, yeah, I, I think he makes a lot of sense. Shoot, get Conley and him two for one. They need to yeah. depth at both spots. Trade a second for both of them. Yeah, you know, throw them DeAndre Hall. Oh no, so you can't get rid of him. Uh, but yeah, no. Right, right, that, those are the type of teams that Howie. I'm sure is targeting because the teams that are bad kind of just sell off parts. They just want to get draft assets. <laughs> Throwing my hands up in the air. I'm not. Yeah. Um, he just gave me a look. Uh, uh, I mean, the Cardinals are bad. Like you, you look at the bad teams and you kind of just try and pick them off. Right. That's what I basically did with my articles. Um, so look, yeah, I think Carl Joseph makes a lot of sense. Um, I really liked him at West Virginia. I'm kind of surprised he struggled as much as he has, but. You know, sometimes you just need a change of scenery. I know that as well as anyone. <laughs> For sure. And, th- and then we can touch on the two that have been the biggest topic of conversation recently. It seems less and less likely that they trade for Le'Veon Bell or LaShawn McCoy. Apparently the Bills are – they want at least a second-round pick for LaShawn McCoy. LOL. And if that's the case, then – I mean, I've, I've been saying from the beginning they shouldn't even touch LaShawn McCoy. I, I, I don't – think he should be brought into this locker room anyway but you're not trading a second round pick for him you, they might not even trade a second round pick for Le'Veon Bell see I, I disagree with you with LaShawn I think if you can get him for the right price you make the deal uh that said second round pick is far from the right price if you can get him for fifth round pick is the like most if you if up. you gave them a fourth and a sixth I'd, I'd completely go for it I'll give a fifth is the most I would give up that's basically the value of a fourth and a sixth but yes yes not to mince words but yes I think that 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 makes sense all right we can we can end on that note. I'm sure by the time we end this, there'll be another player put on the, you know, proverbial trade block. But <laughs> uh, we'll end on that note. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Make sure you subscribe. We're on iHeartRadio, YouTube, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter. Ask us questions. Write us reviews. And uh, thanks for listening. And thank you for putting up with my cold today. I appreciate you. Well, we don't know if they put up with it yet. They haven't started. Right. Well, thank you for trying to make it halfway through. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Bye.